Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. See previous email. Um, so yeah, today we'll do something a little bit different. Um, just an idea to not go into next year and just assume that everyone... Um, everyone's together we wanted to have a moment where we can just dig into some of the things that have been shared over the past year and um, it's been great to see the mosaic of of revelation that the lord has brought through the different individuals that have shared this year um but first and foremost um i think it's it's worth honoring the man of god over the house for the humility to open up the pulpit Maybe with a little bit of fear, no. Um, to trust um, the young ones and the younger ones to be able to step in and to, to share without um, being super religious about it, without being obsessive, without being possessive, um, and yet still upholding us to the highest standard of, of pursuit of truth. And I don't know about the others, but when you get that Sunday morning text, I've been praying for you all the best today. Um, that does definitely mean a lot. Maybe it's just me who needs it. But no, I would like to invite um, Elder Deji, Auntie Abby, Elder Abby, and where's... Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave's there. Um, Tina. Tina Tina wants to stay in the congregation today. Yeah, she wants to stay in the congregation. You sure? Okay, you can come. Um, Yeah, round of applause, please. Mighty men and women of God. One, two. So I will, um, yeah, okay. We'll be here just to, to answer questions on some of the things that we've shared. Maybe is it could be a question about what we shared, or it could be um, a statement based off what we shared that you might want just us to either clarify, expand on. Or ask why we shared it. <laughs> yeah, ask why we shared it. Mm-hmm. What happened before that? What, you know, where did that come from? Um, and, and I think it, it, it goes to this point of us all being on one accord. And also, um, for me personally, and this is what I've learned with the worship team, to have the humility to be able to say, right, guys, over to you. Because you have to take it into the workplace, don't you? You have to take it into your families. Um, it's all well and good us sharing different things, but you guys have to, you know, swing the sword. And so it'd be wrong of us to again assume that there are no questions, there are no queries, there are no um, outstanding kind of just things that people want, may want to discuss. So we hope you have been listening to the podcast. We hope you've been doing your homework, you know, listening, getting some questions, and just saying, oh, actually, I really want to hear um, more from Elder Deji about. Um, what it means to be chosen by God and to have that destiny, you know, because destiny part one, two, and three, it's been, what, four years? <laughs> um, well, it's good. Every November, it's another destiny series. But um, So, who shall go first? Oh, jeez, two. Jonathan's hand was up just ever so slightly, Rebs. Um, yeah, I think how we'll do it, is there a mic that can stretch to people? 
so on your message at the start of the year, mm-hmm. yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about Isaac, the child of promise, coming into it, and you said, um, well, we should not, Ishmael needs to leave. And I felt that that was, um, I'd like you to expand on that because I felt that was a bit prophetic towards us as a church that the, Ish- the Ishmael in our midst has to go in order for Isaac, the child of promise, to come through. Have we identified an Ishmael and um, has he left yet or in the process of? How have you seen this uh, in us as a fellowship and how should we particularly be looking at that in our lives? I will not be the only one to answer this question, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will start. Has Ishmael left the building? Um, Yes. I believe he has. But it's a constant process. And it's for us to man the gates and to be gatekeepers, to watch our lives, to watch our church practice as we grow, as we move, that we don't allow Ishmael's to be born or to be resurrected in that case. Um, I can only speak with the worship team. What does it look like practically? It meant getting rid of pride getting rid of this obsession with looking a particular way in order to tick the worship box, um, being okay with imperfection, but allowing God to meet us there um, in our imperfection, like he met Abraham, like he met um, Sarah, and to birth something special. So it hasn't all been perfect. (laughs) There's been moments of difficulty, there's been moments of tension, but the grace of God is sufficient in that we've been able to navigate that because we keep coming back to this place of what did God say? What's his promise towards us? And let not letting pride get in the mix of that. Um, that's, it's a personal thing for myself, but, you know, leading the worship team, to be able to listen to others, to be able to take on advice, to not be so obsessed with the vision that you forget the people that you're working with. Um, and I think that was, if I'm being honest, in my early years of taking over the worship team that was my my issue that I was so obsessed with the vision that I forgot the people that are are tracking with me and the pandemic (laughs) took out the obsession with vision and just really helped me to realize these eight nine ten individuals need to be fostered into something so if they're if they can only do once every three months that's fine I don't need to you know have these major expectations beyond what God arts from both of us to do so I think that was it from our perspective but as much as I do feel like we've moved and that's why we are experiencing more of his promise in our worship and we're experiencing more of what he said he will give us um, because when Ishmael leaves it gives space for the promise to be manifested um, I still think it's it's not for us to get complacent um, especially as our numbers grow that when because people may come in with their own Ishmael tendencies and it's for us to say no we don't do that here that's not how this family works. Um, all in love. Anyone else? Anyone else? Any thoughts on Ishmael, Isaac? I've just got one thought on Ishmael, which is that the Bible tells us that he was an archer. And um, that's significant because archers are people who gain their food by pulling back the bowstring. So it's about self-effort. And I think it's like um, that, um, that self-effort thing is something we can easily lean towards as individuals. As, you know, that's a a human thing, but where the instead of self-effort, it's about yeah looking to Jesus and being reminded of what He's telling us and continually tracking with Him. 
of walking with him, as Deji mentioned in um, the Abraham sermon. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I, I one thing I would say about this Ishmael thing. Um, many of us are waiting for something, and it hasn't manifested. Right, and you have to be honest with God, right? You're waiting, it hasn't manifested. But you look around you and the stuff that you can do. Yeah. The stuff that you can do as a substitute. And you know you can do it. And you pray yourself into believing that. God's saying, yes, you can go do that. But he hasn't said that. Okay? And the danger is knowing what he has said and what he definitely hasn't said. Okay? And... Um, what I would say in that situation is your job is to be patient and to live in the realm of patience, okay? Which isn't the same as I'll wait six weeks, that's my patience. Living in the realm of patience is understanding until God actually directs you and says, now do this, you wait, and you're prepared for that, okay? Because if you give a finite piece of time and say, Lord, I'm going to wait six months, then after that, I'm going to move. Out pops Ishmael. See what I'm saying? And that's what I would say. Live in the realms of patience, not a finite amount of patience which you're prepared to give. Okay? That's hard. That's some hard teaching. Because um, many of you are waiting for, for years, sometimes decades. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. But what I know from God is that you can complain to him in regard to his word. What does that mean? If his word says X, Y, and Z, Lord, your word says X, Y, and Z. I fulfilled the requirement. Where is X, Y, Z? Keep saying, where is X, Y, Z? In fact, I tried a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and he responded. And he gave reasons. And he said, you've not. Yeah, you've done that and that, but you've not this. Whatever it is, be prepared to hear it. But you can go to God with his word and say, Lord, this is what your word says. Yeah. This is what it says, and this is what I've done according to your word. Do not be afraid. Don't leave the word sitting on the shelf every now and again, say it into the atmosphere, but actually don't take it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what your word says. That's what I would say. Going to say very much about I've got mic check. So I'm just reminded of the time when before Deji and I met, because the wonderful thing about hearing a message is taking it back to something that brings it to life for you. And I remember that scripture in Hebrews where he says, For ye have need of promise after ye have done the will of God. You have need of patience, rather, mm-hmm. after ye have done the will of God, ye shall receive the promise. So there is something around what is the Lord asking us to do? How is he asking us to be positioned? When we talk about Ishmael, it's about timing. And God's timing is perfect because God himself is perfect. I've been just reflecting on Psalm 18. And, you know, God's word has been tested throughout eternity and is found to be pure and true. So, and sometimes our eyes can get off the word. So in a waiting... It's so important to keep the word before you. So the circumstances don't speak louder than the word 
of God. So God's word, God himself is perfect. His word is perfect and he's been tested. Actually, I was reflecting on that and across a different religion, there's no, there's no word that's been tested more than the Bible. It's been proven time and time and time and time again to be true. So I just really want to encourage us that in the waiting, because that's where you get an Ishmael, if you get impatient with what you're saying, and in the waiting, we need to just keep our eyes on the word and know it is perfect. I just wanted to, on the back of that, throw it to Pastor, mm -hmm. I don't know, is it Ali Oop? Um, <clears throat> I have a question for you, Pastor. So, <laughs> as the, the obviously the pastor of the house, and how have you kept your Isaac with regards to CCF? How have you kept that alive this year? How have you kept the vision alive with, you know, moving different rooms? There's different limitations we have space-wise, numbers-wise, financially. There's all things that you probably know about that you haven't shared with us in that detail. And I'm not saying to go into the accounts and now start calling out people who haven't given their types, but... Um, <coughs> good idea, good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe January. A couple I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> but like, how have you kept the Isaac for this house, the promise for this house, alive yourself? Well, one word, trust. And I, I trust God. I just trust God. I know he's spoken. I know this is of God. I've seen the fruit, I've seen the progress, and I've seen the intimacy that's been birthed. I always, the Lord reminds me of when I, I've shared with you guys, you know, when I was with Dr. Cole, how uh, he taught all of us, you know, he had this one-line statement that was his entire vision, and he used to tell us, you know, you have to be able to say what God's called you to do. You need to be able to pray long enough until you find out what God wants you to do, and you can say it in one statement because it'll free you up. In his case, it was, I believe God's called me to speak to the men of this generation, to teach them that Christ-likeness and manhood were synonymous. He said he was told to do that by Campbell McAlpine. And he said as soon as he did that, he said it took about two or three weeks. As soon as that came out of his mouth, he said it's just like things came together. And so he asked us to do that, and I did it too. And what God said to me is he said, I have not called you to educate the brains of men. I've called you to educate the spirit of my people towards greater intimacy with Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what my life is all about. I'm not here to educate people about stuff. Um, my whole call, and I'm saying this why this is why I see it happening here, is to help people really grow in intimacy with Christ himself, the anointed one. And so I trust in that fully. And like I said, I feel quite deeply encouraged because, like I said, I've seen so much of that occur in the last 18 months with all of you and, again, with the people that are speaking, like the people that are sitting up here right now. Again, the greatest reward for me is when I see this fruit, when I see these other people that have such wonderful, clear anointings on them, you know, that is my great blessing. So I trust, I simply trust God. Again, you have to be aware that, you know, the, the devil's always on his job. He'll always come. But this is why, you know, we keep up the old legitimate prayer shield. And I do thank you for the people that pray in this congregation, like Abby and others. 
because we do need a shield because things will try to come in the door, but they need to be stopped at the door like why Des is back there and others and Femi and what have you. It's something that we need to remind ourselves of every once in a while. You know, you need to be able to check the spirit of people who walk in the room. There's all kinds of things we could talk to, but I'm saying I, I feel we've been very successful at that. I have not seen, I mean, can you remember? There hasn't, I, it's been a long time since any quote-unquote troublemaker has been in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> long, long time. And so, hallelujah, you know, I think we're on the right track. And I'm going back to something David said earlier, though, about when he talked about Ishmael's and what have you. He kept mentioning the word pride. And that's another thing I wish or I pray, I think God is really smiling upon us about is this. You know, we always have to watch out for pride. Pride, where there's, where there's pride, there's Ishmael's, say the least. Works of the flesh, it just isn't, that's what it means. The flesh will always try to manifest. But uh, the, the way you can tell where pride is is because it's just that. Where there's pride, there'll be flesh. But I'm just saying one of the things I've seen is the lack of pride amongst our people and just a sense of humility again. I, I honestly, you know, all I can, it's difficult to say, but I have been around so many diverse churches in my lifetime of Christianity. You know, big ones, small ones, in-between ones, all over, ministered in so many churches across this nation and Europe and the States. And I say it all the time, but I'm telling you, there's something deeply unique about this family of God right here. There is. It's in the spirit. And I think that's our constant issue. Like uh, one, I think one of the words David had in one of his songs was pursue. And we're constantly in pursuit of just that. The prayers I pray every morning and every night and every afternoon for the church are just that, that we would truly do all we can to yield to his presence and yield to his perfect will for our lives as a church, as a family. So I'm just saying trust. When it all comes down to it, you say, I trust God. But I keep my eyes open. I trust God with my eyes open. I don't shut my eyes because that's part of my job as a shepherd. You know what I mean? Part of all of our job, you know, to keep our eyes out because wolves will try to come in. But thus far, uh-uh. Now, I can tell you stories about other churches where I've been, where I've dealt with wolves, but I don't think you'd want to hear that right now. Trust. Next question. Uh-oh. Oh, it's, it's going to be about marriage? <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. Um, it's actually for Elder Deji. In your sermon where you were talking about um, enlarging your tent, first of all, I wanted to encourage you because I felt like you thought you didn't deliver the message, but actually it was very clear. Um, the second thing is, how does someone practically enlarge their tent? Because, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. That's a very good question, actually. Um, what I will say is this. When the Lord asked me to speak about enlarging the tent, he said, Deji, you need to enlarge your tent. And quite a lot of the time when I stand at the pulpit, it's an instruction to me. The Lord says, this is what you need to do. And by the way, say it to the church. Um, you got to look at, first of all, what the tent represents. Okay, um, In the context in which God was asking of me to enlarge the tent, he's wanting to enlarge the tent. He was talking about 
the domain of influence in the body of Christ, okay? Where you are, what he wants you to do, and what he's kind of giving you responsibility for. It could be your family, it could be your workplace, it could be church, it could be all of those things mixed together. And the thing that I got from this was that he's the one that enlarges your tent, okay? But it's about cooperating with what he actually wants to do. For example, if God says, I want you to set up a coffee morning to talk to young men or young women, okay? You set up the venue, you set up the time, he sends the people, okay? People, right-minded people, the people that have need for, of what he can do through you for them, okay? But if you don't do it, set it up, it's not going to happen, is it? So first thing you need to do is identify what God wants you to actually do, okay? And this is the key element to it. Um, one of the things I said in that message was that God had promised that he was going to remove certain people from, I'll say, my tent and bring new people into my tent. And his reason was that you are ministering to people who have heard the message but are not interested in walking and coming into the light at this time. So they are actually wasting your time. So he said, I'm going to have to remove people from your tent of influence and bring new people who my spirit has prepared. Okay, so there's work for him to do in the midst of the tent of responsibility for us, but we have to cooperate. And it's always about that. God doesn't leave us out of his plan. He wants us to co-labor with his spirit for his plan. And in terms of enlarging tent, that's exactly what it is. We have to cooperate with what the spirit of God wants to do through us so that our tent can be enlarged. Okay. Um, and finally, I will say, there's aspects of the tent. There's, a, there's the tent itself, the material which covers, and there's tent pegs. And one of the things I said in that message was that the Lord said to me that the tent pegs were established promises in your life that are used as positions that will hold up everything with respect to a tent because testimony is the thing that you have to share with the people that you are ministering to. Okay, so it is the establishment of a promise of God in your life is a stake in the ground. And um, when you said, how do you enlarge the structure? It's about more promises, more promises established, established, established. And then the Lord says, I am the covering over all of that, the material for the tent. This is how he described it to me. Um, and I understood. So there's work to be done in the kingdom in terms of enlarging tent. It's listening to what the Spirit is saying and doing the do. Okay, it's not about works, but it is about obeying. Mm -hmm. I hope that's added. Can I say something real good to you? I think also an important thing about that, I mean, not to, you know, you can over-spiritualize everything, but one of the things that's definitely there as far as when he speaks to us as individuals about stretch forth your tent or, you know, the, the habitations of your, you know, the scripture. 
is simply that you should never be satisfied with where you are right now. In other words, you should always be aware there's always more. There's always more. There's always more. And so there's a, I used to do a teaching on the difference between satisfaction and contentment. You, it, satisfaction can actually be demonic. You can be satisfied with where you're at right now. Contentment is a spiritual force. That's why Paul said to Timothy, Godliness with contentment is great gain. So there's one thing you can be content. We need to be content no matter what is going on. And that's difficult in the midst of a huge trial. But you can be content. But I'm not satisfied. And I'm not, you know, the moment you feel satisfied, I learned a long time ago that that's a bit of a warning. So I'm just saying always know like we, like you heard me say a long time ago, uh, Lord said to me something, said, I'm, he said, you're bigger than this. And all of you should be able to say that from the right angle, not from a prideful thing, but I'm bigger than my current situation. I am. I'm bigger than this. We are. This church is bigger than we think it is. We really are. So I'm just saying, so that's my one little slant about that is be aware of God always wants us to grow. God always has more. There's always more. So he never wants us to get too complacent where we just sit back and whatever and rest and think it's not a godly rest. I mean, the wrong kind of rest where you just sit back and oh, whatever, I don't care. I'm happy where I'm at. And you're really not because that's against his nature. God is a creator. He's never stopped being a creator. Everything about him is creative. So if you spend any time with him, it's a sign of whether or not you're a person of prayer. Because if you are a person of prayer, you're always thinking about creative. Something is creative. Something's creative, however your gifting is. There'll be something about that that's there because he is the creator. And you cannot fellowship with the creator without having some of those juices get on you. Whether it be through music like with David or whatever, or good ideas and banking for Deji, I don't know, whatever it may be. And that's it. Wow. That's so good. Um, does anyone else have a question? Des, did you have your hand up? Just for the purposes of the recording. Speak, speak in English. No patois. Wagwan. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, this is a question for you, Deji, um, again. Um, there's a few youngsters in the audience, in the crowd right now, and you spoke about, reve you spoke about revealing shaping and becoming can you and this is another question for you david uh peri yes pericoresis please can you expand on those two things with a view of the youngsters that are in this audience right now i think auntie abby as well needs to chime in but yeah yeah okay i felt that so what Brother Des is talking about is these elements of when I preached about destiny, um, I think it was destiny caught up. That was the one, yeah. Um, the Lord said that um, there are seasons to your destiny, okay? It's always in seasons. And he, gave, he said there were three seasons. The first season was the revealing season, okay? This is where, by the Spirit of God, he reveals what your destiny is. Now, that can be prophetic words. It can be in the word and the Lord reveals something to you. Um, you could be watching TV and, you, and something jumps out and the Lord puts it in your spirit. Okay? Um, it could be something from a toddler that you've always known 
I'm going to be involved in doing this. I'm going to do this, but I don't know to what extent I'm going to do it within the kingdom. Okay, There's a season through which God takes us all through that reveals what your destiny is. That is what it is in terms of activities and what it is in terms of you arriving at destiny. You've been it. Okay, so that's the revealing season. The next one, he said, was the shaping season where you go through some element of trial, I will say, okay, a lot of the time, to shape you for your destiny. Because the thing about God is that his plan for your life starts to be established when you reach a level of maturity. He doesn't allow us to have or be in a position if we're not ready for it. Okay? And God loves to polish his diamonds. Right? And if you've ever seen a, a rough diamond, it don't look like a jewel, does it? It's like a rough rock of quartz. And it takes some cutting off, takes some polishing, takes some refining before it pops and sparkles yeah so there's a shaping where he shapes you according to your destiny and some of us need to occupy one or two jobs before we get to the job that actually is the job of destiny where we're going to really be established others need to be involved in a in a in a in a in a choir before we can be a worship leader whatever it is he shapes you he doesn't just shape your your um your gift okay he shapes you in terms of obedience submission okay and patience as well all right so that's a shaping season and then there's a becoming season this is the one i love because i see tina in this season at the moment where actually he's establishing you in your destiny and you're becoming what he's written about you in his book okay i think it's in psalm was it 139 i think it is yeah about what you're going to be okay and in that season, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and elevates you to a position whereby people begin to recognize there's something special about you. Okay? And those of us that have been in that season, we all, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's like you can't <coughs> explain it, but the Spirit of God is elevating you, head and shoulders above everyone else, just so the glory of God can be seen on his child. And that is you becoming who you are called to be. Okay, and it's a wonderful season. So that's an explanation of it. But in all of that, we need to pray again and cooperate with what the Spirit of God is doing. Don't fight it. Some of us, we fight this destiny thing because we don't, we're not comfortable with what he's putting on us or calling us into. We think either we can't do it or people have said you shouldn't do it or can't do it. So we are discouraged encourage yourself in the word in what God says about you not what other people say about you which is contrary or perhaps may be contrary to actually what you know you're called to do alright so I'd encourage you with that in, um, in John 1 it says the word with God and it used the word pros in the Greek P-R-O-S the conventional idea of what it means to be with God is, is similar to this that we imagine the Holy Trinity to exist side by side and I think many of that comes from verses where it talks about the right hand and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> so if you ever see a picture of uh, you know from the medieval times or whatever of the Holy Trinity you will see them side by side but the word pros actually means um, face to face and so it what it depicts is that the word Jesus and the Father and the Spirit exist in this face-to-face 
what the old fathers called the perichoresis, the circle dance. Okay, and it is, it's this exchange of love, self-denying um, love, in that the other is trumpeted, which is why the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son and the Son glorifies the Father, because they exist in this perichoresis. Now that's interesting in itself. And then you go back to Genesis one twenty six, where it says, "Let us make God and let us make man in our own image." And you realize that actually the starting point for us wasn't separation. The starting point was in that circle dance. That we were made from that union. So I always imagine it, and, and in every vision I've had of it, and every encounter the Lord has taken me on, there's this, they whiz around in this, um, again, self-denying. They're always blessing and always celebrating the other. Okay, so the father says to the son, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the son says, this is my father in whom I love everything about you. And I only ever say that which he tells me to say. And the spirit is there bounding around and saying, oh, oh you guys are so great. And it's just this, this circle, this maelstrom of, act- of divine activity and love being, being exchanged. And it's violent, it's vicious, it's, it's reckless. It's all those words that we don't like to describe love with. But it's all of those things. And yet it's safe. And it's out of that he said, let us make man. And he placed us in the middle. So Adam existed in that intimacy before separation. However, the problem with the Western church is that our gospel starts at separation. We start at the fall of man, not the beginning. And so the reason why it's it's important that Des has asked me to speak to those that are young, and by that I'm saying under 25, is because this is a generation who don't have 30 years of wrong teaching and a gospel that starts in the wrong place and and the imagination can finally hold that which the ancient fathers held, which is actually my starting point and therefore the point to which I have been redeemed, because the word of redeeming is to restore back to something, that which I've been reconciled back to, you know, Second Corinthians 5, is this circle dance. Now, it's exciting, it's, it's brilliant, and it, and it pans out different ways for different people. You know, when you start to really just say, Lord, show me what the circle dance looks like. I mean, that's been my prayer, you know, and, and I'm just like, Lord, just show me. And it's crazy, it's wild, it's, it's, it's beautiful in its, in its intensity. Um, Pastor shared it once in Ephesians 2, I think, where it says, because of the great, wonderful, and intense love with which he loved us. When you ask the Lord to show you the circle dance, he will show you the great, the greatness of his love, the wonderfulness of his love, and the intent. The next day, you realize that yesterday's manner wasn't good enough for today, and so I'm going back for more. The reason why I want Auntie Abby to share is because what we have witnessed over the past 18 months is a, a simple obsession. And you hear it in every message she, she shares, even last week. And... I feel like there has been a renewing and a renewal that has occurred as she has found this place of of obsession, beholding his dance of love and joining in and therefore has practically begun to um, personify and depict it in her life and in her messages and out of the abundance of her heart the mouth speaks. So that's why I want to turn it over to her just to speak for a few moments on that. Because we can have all the theory in the world and that's sometimes been church problem. We have all the theory and the theology, but actually we have seen it lived out. 
you know, and, and she's not the only one, but she's got the mic, so. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I've been a faithful student <laughs> as much as I've had to talk as well. And I think what I've been able to do is share experiences because um, I think most, yeah, you're right, everything I've talked about is about this growing intimacy, this growing knowing of the Lord. Um, and I believe that that's the cement for everything else, destiny, um, greatness, everything. It's, it's because then you, you become, you know, like the dance says, you become one with the Lord. Um, and you actually get to know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as separate, but then you get to know them as one as well, as, as the same, because um, they're all God. And it... For me, it has completely changed my approach to the Lord, changed my relationship with the Lord, and actually has motivated me in everything in my life, to be honest, even with family, with pursuing things that I thought I had finished with. Um, but it's given me a new, as a, a like, you know, it was like when I retired, it was almost, okay, you retired, that's the end of it. It's not the end. It's actually the beginning. I, w I would have said, you know, I would have loved to have known the Lord in the way I've known him over the last two years. I wish I had known him more, you know, earlier on. But, you know, he has become basically my life. I wake up, it's the Lord. I go to bed, it's the Lord. I'm cooking, it's the Lord. Um, everything about life now is him and if i was to um if i was to summarize like when we were talking about ishmael i mean the verse that i would have just given a verse which is you know um trust in the lord with all your hearts do not lean to your own understanding i've made mistakes because i've done things my own way i've i've been burnt from mistakes now it's you know what lord your will, not mine, because you know more than I do. And your way is always right. It might be hard. It might mean sacrifice, but your way is always ends me up in a good place, in a blessed place, in a, a place where there's no way I would get there on my own. So there's a dependency on the Lord that has grown um, and a tenderness, if I can put it that way, because um, like we said, you get to a place where you know, He's obsessed with me. I like, and I, was, I know I've said this sometimes. I'm like, you know what, Lord, you're responsible for, for me, so get me out of this mess I've put myself in. But not in a, in a submissive way. But I have grown to just learn to walk with him. And I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. But, and that's what I try to share. You know, you know what? There's nothing like intimacy with the Lord. There's nothing like knowing that he loves you so much that it, it doesn't matter when I do wrong. It, it, not that you go ahead and do wrong because you know that it doesn't matter, but you know that you can always come to him. He's the first place I go to. Is the first place I like, put my hand on, Lord, help. I've done this. Sure. Even my thoughts you know, in my thoughts, I get, um, I know him now in my thoughts, and I know when he can say to me, mm. like, oops, <laughs> you know, but um, it's a beautiful way to live. Um, you feel so loved, you feel so precious, um, 
you feel, you know, you can walk on the face of the earth and you're not, you're not bothered with anything that doesn't seem to go right or go wrong because, you know, you can always go back to him and, you know, um, and trust him. I'm learning trust, you know, like, this isn't how I thought it would go, trust me. Okay, and he turns it around and causes it to, like, ah, it was good it went that way because now I know this. So all I can say is, I can only say I'm trusting that whatever I've ever shared has made you hungry mm -hmm. to know him more. Because uh, that's what I, that's my heart, to know him in the way that, you know, um, I've never known him before. But, um, you know, just to know him deeper and more on a daily basis because it's beautiful. His love is so beautiful that um, I don't think words can adequately describe his love. You just feel, you feel special. No matter what anyone says or does, you know you're special, but yet it's not a special that allows you to, you know, just, I can go haywire. I don't want to go haywire. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to dishonor him. I don't, because he's precious. And his love for me is so precious that I want to honor it and honor him. Uh, I was just going to say, I think this is again why one of our pursuits needs to be to demystify prayer. What I mean is we need to understand that prayer is actually quite easy. Mm. Julie used to do a message a long time ago, and she used to, where it was, she said that private devotion determines public promotion. Mm. She used to do that message, and basically it's just that we, we can tell as a minister, you learn how God begins to teach you how to read people, not out of a means to condemn ever, but you can tell who spends time with Christ. It's just that simple. But, you know, the devil has done a job on trying to make prayer difficult, mysterious, something that, oh, my God, I didn't, did I do this right? Did I do that right? Basically, it's like Abby's saying, it's just communing with God. It's talking to God, you and your language. He knows your language. And it's just from, it's just you learn to just spend time with him. And, uh, you know, and keep, I always like to quote what old, uh, what old gosh, I can't even think of him. Gordon Lindsay used to say, he said, you have to learn to practice the presence of God. In other words, you become, like Dad Hagen said, you learn, you learn to become God conscious throughout the whole day. <coughs> and that's something that you do by practice. You know, okay, I tell, you know, like I said, I used to do, when I was first saved, I used to carry around scripture references in my pocket on a little three-by-five card, little index cards my mom used to write recipes on, you know what I mean? And I just had a, you know, scriptures on one side and addresses were on the other side. But just anything, you learn to do something that just keeps you, you're practicing the presence of God. You're, whatever it takes to make you consistently aware. God loves that by itself without a whole lot of speech, just your desire to be aware of him at all times pleases him. I hope you hear what I'm trying to say. But this is why, again, we are all meant. He longs for us to be people of prayer. But, again, that just means talk to him and actually believe that he will talk back. It's a really miraculous thing when you find out one day he talks back. 
Anyhow, but just so that we need to consistently demystify that because that's what Abby's all about. She's just discovered it's good to spend time with God. How can you not spend time with God and not come out blessed? I mean, to me, it's quite simple. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. It's, it's interesting because as um, Auntie Abby was sharing, I felt just something come up in my heart that someone was hearing that and saying, I really want that, but where do I start? I thought so. <clears throat> I really want that, but where do I start? And 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 what I felt the Lord just say, just a simple instruction. The next time you're with Him, again, this is this is how I've I've managed to access these moments. Is just simply the, there's a scripture that says the Holy Spirit causes the love of God to be shed abroad in our hearts. So that's my prayer. I I sit there and I say, Holy Spirit, cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart. And then you know what I do? I wait. I usually don't even say another word. I just wait. So whoever that is who had that moment when they went, I really want that, but where do I start? Whether it's tonight, tomorrow, whatever, you're lying there, you're sitting there, you're standing there, just say, Holy Spirit, cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart and wait. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. And what will happen as you enter into this this dance, it's like, you know, in the car wash, and it it spins so fast that the water therefore has power. Because okay, I can take a drop of water and put it in, you wouldn't think anything of it. If water moves with enough speed, it can shatter a rock. Okay? So when you walk into this perichoresis, the love of God and the experience of that, the intensity of his love, will start to shatter the dead wood and the, the, the hard places within our hearts. And that's where the tenderness that Auntie Abby spoke about starts to form and you realize that actually... It's a lot simpler than we've made it out to be because we can demystify these things. And it is such a relief <laughs> because if I was still trying to live how I thought prayer was and how I thought worship was, man, I think I'd be out the door. <laughs> Did you still have a question? Or? No, I, I was going to just ask um, Auntie Abby um, what is her method? You see, it's only until you get a revelation of God's love mm-hmm. for you, the individual that you are in the crowd of whatever, in the body of Christ, that dynamic that you understand what has been spoke about here. And I, I was going to ask Auntie Abby for some advice about how do, if there's anyone in here that's, how do I get that revelation? I mean, you partly said it, but what would you say, Sister Abby, about how to get the revelation of God's love. Is there something, some practical things that we can do that gives God the space or the opportunity to give it to us? Because it comes from the Holy Spirit. Does does this? Oh, it works. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Just ask him. It's, It's, as we say, it's as simple as... You desire. I, I want to know your love. Yes, I want to know that you. I can read it in the word that you love me. You love me enough. You died for me. You, you know, did so much for me. But I, 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 I want, I want, I want my heart to grasp it. I want my spirit to know. I know it in my head, but I want. And the only thing is to sit and ask him to show you, and he comes, and he will. 
you know, and, and that's the only way I can say to you that I've, I did. It's like, okay, I read the scripture and you meditate. You know, the, the scriptures tell us meditate on the word. So you take a scripture about him loving you and you sit and, uh, and meditate on it and ask the Holy Spirit to make this scripture real in your heart. And suddenly, I can't, I don't think you, you can describe, it's, it's, you know, you know by your, you just know by your spirit, he's there, his presence comes and he, he magnifies the word. And you're like, oh my goodness, you just know that you know that you know, I can't. Um, I, I don't know how else to say it except that suddenly it's like a light bulb comes <gasps> and you just know that he loves you and you know that it's not, he loved the world, he loves me. You get to know that he loves me. I know, we, you know, the scripture says God so loved the world. So we don't think, okay, he loved the whole world. He does, but he, he's so individual. And you know, scriptures like he knows the number of hairs on my head. So like, Lord, how many hairs do I have on my head? I mean, you, you get to be able to talk to him very intimately. Very, very intimately. And it can only be by the revelation of the spirit that lives in you that your spirit catches it. But if you want it, you stay there. You come today, you sit Oh, I didn't get anything. Come tomorrow. Come tonight. C wake up. Lord, I will pursue you until I find out. Yes. And yes. truly, yes. no, true. If Especially when you see someone else says it. You're like, ah, what about me? And you sit there. You pursue him till he shows you. There's no formula except that. Take. Yeah, well, once you know, it's, it, you know, and you can, and I tell you something, you can always, once you, you get it, it's an experience. You can always return to that experience and pick it up again from there. I still remember my very first encounter with, with the, and it was the father I met first. Funny. I, it, every time I go back, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a blob. I'm, I'm just a mess. Snot and everything. <laughs> because that's how much it touched me. The revelation of the Father's love. You, you have to experience it. But you can always go back. But pursue it. You want it? Show him you want it to know. He'll come. Um, so, yeah, that's where the evangelism... So I want to just thank the Lord for praise and worship in this church where we're really in pursuit of the Holy Spirit. That is a great place to experience the love of God. And I, I really would urge us, you know, we're so gifted in this church. We have a peculiar anointing on the pastor and, the you know, the worship team. And we need to acknowledge, you know, Mike over there, who <laughs> is one of the original ones. Um, you know, sometimes we don't, we forget that there's lots of, it's you who said this, David, that we're building on what's already been laid. So we're not starting anything anew. Let's remember that. So when we understand the breadth, the width, the depth, the height of God's love. That's my favorite, how much God loves me. There's no end to the breadth. There's no end to the depth. There's no 
end to the height. There's no end to the other bit. With. There's no end to it. And when we know that, when we know it for ourselves, no one can reveal it but the Holy Spirit. And you can't even reveal it to somebody else but the Holy Spirit. Because it comes from a place where the Holy Spirit gets in agreement with what you're expressing because it's true for you. And it's true for the Holy Spirit anyway because he's the one who relayed it in your heart. And then it comes that that expression of just a readiness to be available to the Holy Spirit because you can minister God's love when you know it. Yes? And it's a love that woo people to God. It's his love. It's, it's the understanding that that love is true. Because God is, I'll go back to it, perfect. His word is perfect. It's dependable. And he will come alongside us to minister the love that we know. We have to know it for ourselves. Yes? And then we can testify of it truly. And then his power comes and backs it up. And people's eyes are like, whoa. There's no condemnation for me. Are you sure? Yes, absolutely, because I know. Yeah. I was just, well, I'm just going to say, David, how would you share, how did God, quote, unquote, show his love for you? How did you begin to actually, what happened in your life that began to say, you know what, God does love me? Is there anything you can say towards that? Mm. Well, that's a really hard question to know how it, how yeah. it started. My parents, my parents are believers, so so I grew up in that in that place. But I think um, what I was meditating on this morning, actually, the Lord talked to me about was, um, you know, when Pete, when Jesus washes Peter's feet, and um, Peter's like, no, 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 you know, you can't wash my feet. If if you're going to wash my feet, you've got to wash my hands and head as well. And he's like, Pete, Jesus is like, you don't need a bath. You know, you only need me to wash your feet. Um, you've already had a bath kind of thing. And I think that's a place that we can so easily find ourselves in, particularly if we grow up in a Christian household, is that we feel like condemned because we know the message, but we, we're kind of, we're like, um, we, need to we need to let him wash our feet, essentially. So, so I think that's something that, that can, easily, can easily get in the way. So for the Lord to then, you know, to get to that point where we're not being kind of religious about things, because... We all know how to be religious about things if we've grown up with it. You know, we have to go. We yeah. have to go to a place where actually I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in in really your love, Lord, and who you are. I suppose. So there's different degrees of it. I yeah. think there's different times when the Lord has shown me something of who He is in different ways. And I, I, I one thing I really enjoy is um, I cycle from here to home every day. And on the way, you know, I, I quite often get into a, when it's not too manic. If I go a slightly quieter route, because the, the main road, is, there's too much going on. But if I go a slightly quieter route and I'm on my bike, I can just be giving thanks to him and just feeling his love as I'm riding, riding down the road, you know, just feeling the weight of his love, you know. Um, you know. Amen. Yeah. Ghost, you were going to ask the same. Abby shared on one of the Wednesday that she, she said that actually intimacy is being transparent in front of each other and being very vulnerable. And just that's the place of growth, isn't it? Like how can we encourage that in the church more? That's true. Okay. Quiet more. 
<laughs> no, I was going to say, cry more. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 a, it's a great point because <clears throat> I think it starts from the pulpit, doesn't it? If you've never seen it, if you've never seen vulnerability, if you've never seen intimacy on display, you're not going to know that it's okay. And one thing I think we have been able to do in our um, over the past few years is is to shed all the pretenses that everything is okay. I'm, I'm you know, on top and still rising, above and not really. There have been times where it's like, yo, this is really, really tough. Like Jonathan having to do ten jobs a week, it's really tough. You know, doing worship with three as opposed to ten, it's tough. It's and we can be honest about that. And um, Susie UI's um, husband, Cameron, he said, you cannot offend the truth with the truth. And by us being truthful amongst ourselves, even from a place of faith, I'm still believing God, but this is tough. This is, you know, I'm, you know, I've got these migraines, it's tough. You know, even in that moment, then the truth comes and says, my grace is sufficient for you. And then now, myself and one other have, an, have a testimony of when his grace came and picked us up when we had to do the fifth service out of six. You know, or when you had a tough time at week at, at church and then it's like, oh, you're preaching this week. Yeah. And the struggle is not to bring church, no, bring to work into, yeah. <laughs> into your church service. You just want to just, you know, put the world to rights. But no, God's telling you to talk about meekness and tenderness and you just want to cuss everyone out. But it's... <laughs> That hasn't happened. Uh, but, you know, you, it's in those moments where you say, guys, this is tough for me. Or, you know, and we have this in the worship team. In our, the first few, um, like the first 10, 20 minutes of our prayer call, we just talk about where we're at. Where are you at? Yeah, it's been a, been a really tough week. I'm really tired. I'm really this. Okay, how do we as a community, how does the hand help the foot, help the heart, help the... So that we can grow together, but we've seen it from the from the front when pastors come in and said, "Guys, I'm going to do one Sunday a month because I've got other things I need to focus on as well." And sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. My faith has been under attack. My faith has, and we've heard these things, and it then means, "Oh, it's okay for me to show that, and it's okay for Elder Dez to show that. It's okay for Wang to show that." And the more we do that here. And the more, again, in this whole Isaac and Ishmael thing, make sure that when numbers are added, that we continue in the same way. Yeah. And we don't now become super Christians that as soon as new people start walking in, we're going, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> that we can have that open honesty and say, this is what we do here, we share. We live life together. You know, um, the final thing before I do give it to Auntie Abby, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I've shared it multiple times, but it bears repeating, genosco, um, to know, genosco, and it means to have experience of having lived life with. Mm. Every truth that ends up setting you free is a truth that you have experience of because you've lived life with. And the reason why there is so much freedom in this house now is because we have experience of living life with one another through a pandemic, through Zoom church, through YouTube church, to, you know back to where we're at now that we can turn around and say we have now found freedom and it's for us to keep propagating that for the generations to come yeah and I, I'm just going to say also that this forgive me Abby but it's just that 
think how how think how silly it is to think that you could be dishonest before God. And so what I'm getting is God loves honesty. And so when we are honest with each other, you know, we're actually being a little bit more godlike. And just God can only deal with honesty. He can he will never deal with a lie. A lie can never come nigh him. Anyhow, that's all. Cool Debbie. I, I just remembered what I wrote this morning and, and I just thought, let me just read it. Um everyone knows I love the Passion Translation at the moment. Um, I, I <laughs> Pastor, there's one week we don't have any amplifier. This is passion foundation. Sorry, you didn't hear it from me, but <laughs> I got distracted. I'm sorry. What did you say? But she reads from the passion translation, not the amplified. Ooh. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I, I I ask ask my cell group. We do. We we're studying the amplified. Yes, support me. We're studying the amplified. Um, Bola. Aren't we, Jenny? Aren't it's we? all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Come, bring us some passion. Bring I'll us some passion. <laughs> Did you want meat? Hey, sorry. All right. <laughs> I wrote this this morning. Um, it, I read Isaiah 30, verse 18 from the Passion Translation, and it says, For this reason, the Lord is still waiting to show his favor to you so he can show you his marvelous love. He waits to be gracious to you. He sits on his throne, ready to show mercy to you. Okay, then me, in my own writing, I wrote, hmm, sometimes the Lord desires you to come into his presence and wait with him so he can just show you his marvelous love. Waiting is something we get very impatient with. Oh, yes, amen. <laughs> Have you ever found it difficult to go to sleep or maybe woken up at night? You don't know why. Maybe it's him desiring you to spend time with him so he can show you some things. This is not that time when you bring your problems or your requests to him, but just a time when you're available to spend time with him. This is time when we listen for what he wants to say. Remember, you're made in his image. And if you enjoy one-on-one -on -one time with certain people, know that he enjoys one-on-one -on -one with you as well. Um, so begin to keep regular times, which are just times of waiting with no agenda. Just to be with him. Yep. See what his response will be. Yep, that's very amen. true. Amen, amen, amen. It's... 147 I think we'll probably call it there unless there's an urgent question in the room but guys um, <coughs> there is a symbiotic nature to the word that's been going forth this year I was, I was thinking about it earlier when um, Auntie Abby was sharing and she said everything I've said has been about X and I thought about it like you, every month at least once a month we have heard about the love of God doesn't matter what else is preached on any other week, at least once a month. Can you imagine, like, the consistent message, at least once a week. I mean, it's every week, but if all else fails, there's that one week, at least, where you have a, a story or a testimony of the intimacy with God. And it is that cement, isn't it? It's, it's what underpins. It's why it's Pastor Rod's um, foundation. It's his life message about the love of God and... and and he spent all that time during the pandemic, week 20, week 24, week 27, 
given us the love walk, again, it's not by accident. And everything we have built to this point and everything we will build is because of that thread of the love of God. And so, yes, we have destiny. Yes, we talk about miracles. Yes, we have worship. Yes, we have all these different things. They're like, not spin-offs, but they are built off this foundation of love. Yeah, um, and that's what we can go back to every month. At least once a month, you will hear someone tell you and remind you about his obsession. And I think that, yeah, we, that's really important because um, without knowing the love of God, you know, being vulnerable is really difficult, you know, and you get into a really, yeah. not a very good place if, if you're vulnerable without the love of God, that t- can take you, you start into, hiding. into a place of, that's pretty dark. So, um, but with the love of God, we can be vulnerable knowing that he has us and he sees us and yeah. he knows us and, he, and he, he, he's just with us constantly so that's yeah, so good the number one way to, in counseling for people to actually reveal their inner thoughts or when they can recognize that you actually care yeah. you know it's like the old saying like in medicine they talk about doctors that have a bedside manner you know I, I've had several occasions of that too there's just sometimes a doctor's just doing his job and you can tell he's just trying to get out of the room but then there's times where somebody they care you can sense it you can and it, that makes all the difference in the world and so, again, that's what feeds into this whole love walk thing. People can tell if you're real. It's just that simple. People can tell if you're real, if you really care for them, if you really are interested in what's going on in their life. No. Go for it. I see that people, they, they, they would feel like they, they would want to share with you if they could sense that you're real. If they could sense that you're a real person, then they feel like it's worth to share. But then if they could sense a sense of fakeness, then I think that sometimes they close themselves off. Even myself, I feel like I sense, but then I, I say to myself, I, I say to myself, I don't want to be judgmental, but I just feel like if a person doesn't truly, truly care, there's n- no really point in sharing. That's what I want to share. No, yeah, it's true. You're right. So I just want to say um, that actually one of the things that um, the Lord has done in this church um, in the last two years is actually allowing us to represent and show, you know, love is action towards each other. There's been this real sense um, that we've really grown to love each other. Because what you hear does bear fruit, you know, if you receive it in your heart. It will yield. And so what a good place to go into 2024 with, you know, that we just continue. Um, and I love to love, to love God, because that's how we can truly love. You know, it's born out of love for him, because he loves unconditionally. You know, it's that agape love. And I have to thank and I suppose I really want to thank our ministers. You know, I'll probably, you know, hand it over to David in a minute. But we've had such teaching. And we are now reaping the benefit of that. You know, God is love. And without him, there is, without love, you can't know God. Because yeah. he's love. Yeah. And we can't truly love the way he wants us to love outside of him. And I just really bless 
Pastor Rod and Pastor Julie here today that for teaching us, I think it was Sister Abby that said she went back and was just listening and listening and listening. And sometimes maybe that's what we need to do to we'll get it, we get the revelation um, of that love that God has for us. But the love in our church now, what a great foundation to bring in the harvest so that they're not going to experience anything other than the language that we've learned to speak. It's a language of love for God, and it's a language of love for each other. And I want to thank you because I know that when people pray, when we're praying for each other from a place of love, it's very different. It's a heartfelt, fervent prayer. And, you know, Pastor Julie would say it's heartfelt, heartfelt. And it's only heartfelt when it's born out of love. I know it's different when I'm praying because it's different to how I used to pray. So I just want to thank God for what he has done in our midst because it starts with love. It will end with love, won't it? Mm. We need to make a couple of announcements about the next few weeks and stuff. Yeah. Are you going to do that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so, um, next week is our final uh, service here of, of, of the year. It is? I thought you made it next Sunday. Yeah, this was next week. Is oh, sorry. Yeah, seventeenth. Yeah. I need to be um, quiet. Sorry. <laughs> um, and what we will we'll do? We'll have a extended time of worship. Um, today was beautiful, and next week will be even more beautiful. Um, please come with your songs, come with your voice, come with your energy, um, come with your tambourines if you can play them in beat. Um, but no, um, it's going to be great. However, before that, so we have, um, obviously, we know that next week is Share the Light. Shine your light. Listen, share, shine, be, inherit, display, all of that, okay? And um, obviously, we're, we're in a metropolis, aren't we? We're, we're in, a, in an area where there are a lot of people. Um, and what we were thinking to do is we're going to buy some gifts that we can take out into the community. Now, my suggestion would be that we head towards Clapham Junction because that's actually where most people are at that time in the morning. Um, And so I will, via Claudette, who's, I think, helping set up the food, send out, like, a link where you can just kind of sign up just so we know numbers. Um, And what we'll do, those who are going to be going out can maybe meet before 10 o'clock and just meet here. You can... Can we not play the video? <laughs> we play it right at the end. No, we play it at the end. Um, so we can we can meet um, here. Everyone can get a gift or two or three, um, and then we just prayerfully walk towards Clapham Junction um, and just give people a free gift because that's what this this time of the year is about. Okay, so that's the symbolism behind it. And then we want to invite them to church or whatever the case may be. Have a conversation, pray for the sick, raise the dead. Um, and then at 11.30, be back here um, for our usual service. And we'll go to about 1.30. Um, and, mm. yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun way to, to just to end the year um, and to transition into whatever 2024 holds for us. Yeah. But, again, it's this cement. I love, I love how Auntie Abby said it's the cement is the love of God. The cement is the love of God. And if if you still, even now, mm. there is still some time left in December, um, 
to receive and experience the love of God in a radical way. You know, it happened for me on December 23rd. My anniversary is coming up, okay? It happened to me December 23rd, 2017, and God did not want me to get into 2018, which is incidentally when I then was asked to lead the worship team. I didn't know that was around the corner. But first, he had to get me baptized into this revelation of the love of God. So maybe your next move, your next promotion, your next job, your next um, decision is hinged on the fact whether you allow yourself to be baptized. And by baptized, I mean fully submerged. Okay? To the point sometimes you, you just... Okay? Let's pray. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you that you are love and that you have shown us the greatness and how wonderful and how intense your love is daily, weekly, monthly, from year to year. It's been incredible to see how you have bound us together in your love, how you have testified to your love, how you have manifested your love in this church community. Father, every household represented here is a testimony to your love. And it is filled with beloved ones who are on fire for you, who, having received your love, then are learning how to walk in it, how to replicate it and to show it to a world who desperately needs it. And so, Father, as we move into next week and into 2024, we, we move in, in a position of rest. There is no fear. There is no condemnation. There is no in, inferiority on us anymore. Um, we are fully aware of what you have called us to, and we are running headlong, 1,000%, 100 miles per hour into our destiny. Now is not the time for us to hold back. Now is not the time for us to, to try and adopt a small-time mentality. We are growing in the things of the Lord and in our destiny that you've called us to. And so we thank you that every spiritual blessing is upon us, that you have ministered today through um, the different uh, voices, through the different questions and the answers, Father God, that people's hearts have been pricked and our spirits have been inspired to find out more about this incredible love with which you love us. And so as we go to, to have some food, in true Christian tradition, uh, tradition to go and eat together, um, just like they did um, in the first century, we thank you that that time will bring us together even closer. Um, if there's anyone who needs to be prayed for, anyone who just wants to share a testimony with someone else, Father, we give space for that. Um, and we do bless the food um, that it may be to our enrichment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 